Welcome to Reckon I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And how would you reckon it, pal? Well, we draw a theme from a hat. We each decide a, on a record that we think fits that theme. We bring it, we show it off, listen to it, review it, analyze it, do all that fun stuff, and that's the show. Yeah, and sometimes we drink beer, but no one can see that. <laughs> right, but it, Are you just- as as of recording right now, it is 10.15 in the morning. Oh, yeah. It's it might be a little early for beer. It's, it's noon 15 for here, but it's Sunday, man. Uh, oh, yeah, football Sunday. Yeah, I guess, man. Like, I, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about football, right? I have plenty of people, plenty of friends, too. And apparently, you know, I'm from Dallas, so a lot of my friends are really excited about Dallas Cowboys playing a three today. Um, I don't, I won't know about it unless I go on Facebook and I have friends going, like, good Cowboys, or man, you guys suck today, or whatever. But, uh, right. Do, are you, yeah, are you a football person? I'm not really much of a sports person in general. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're like at a party or, or like uh, an event in the, the purpose is football. I know the mechanics of football and how it works, but I don't really give a fuck who wins. I usually right. root against everyone, root against the team that everyone was wanting to win. <laughs> you know? No, I join I join in on rooting for the team everyone wants to win because you get some camaraderie. And if, oh, yeah. if, if you're invited to a good party, they have good food, and I don't want them to kick me out. Oh, I'm there. Yeah. For, I'm really there for the food. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, when's the last time you think you've been to a, like a Super Bowl party? What was the last Super? Probably 2019. Okay. Whatever the Super right. Bowl, or maybe 2020, whenever the Super Bowl before the pandemic started was. Yeah, because I'm not. That was like ahead. one of the last things I did before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that like everyone started, everything started to lock down in March, right? Yeah. So, like, Super Bowls in February. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of people were like, like, I remember when I was looking at the news and they're like, state of emergency declared in, in Missouri. I'm like, or Kansas City. I'm like, well, I guess, I guess. And that's when they started like talking about work. Like, hey, we'll send people home. And they sent me home with some equipment to test out to make sure it worked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, are you guys sending us home? Is that what's happening? And they're like, uh, no. And then, and then like a week later, I'm walking out in a box with all my stuff from work. And I haven't, you know, I don't think we're going back. Like, like I'm working from home. I'm yeah. one of those, I'm one of those lucky 20 percenters that can work from home. So, right. It's, it's a good like place 21, to be. It's like 20% of people or maybe a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. are able to work from home when they said that was an impossibility. You know, we skip right past how if people want to get, uh, if you want to send us themes or they want to talk to us, how can yeah. they get a hold of us? Well, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash record night. We are on Twitter at record underscore night. We are on Instagram at Record Night Pod, or you can just email us at uh, Record Night Pod at gmail.com. And our thing today is uh, we got it on sale. Yeah. So these are these are records we either bought on sale or they were cheaper than they would be if they were new. <laughs> exactly. We got it yeah. cheap. Maybe got it on yeah. sales, not How uh, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll say we got it cheap on, on the episode title. We'll put that together, sure, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, uh, but yeah, we got it uh, on sales cheap. And um, this was, a, I think, your topic. I think you, you. I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty we'll sure. I looked back. I looked through it. Well, I mean, it's not written down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I'll write down if it's like someone else's topic. You know, like right. like someone who sent it to us. Well, and sure, we I'll have, take credit for it for now. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, I brought Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant. Nice. Mm-hmm. I. 
brought are you experienced by the Jimi hendrix experience a uh, classic record i'm not sure how classic i will go through this but we'll talk yeah, about it but oh. uh with choosing these two albums we got a secondary theme going on which is that's- the year 1967 <laughs> yeah that's they were right both released that year yeah I, I i did do some research i'm like yeah both 67 um so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Earl Guthrie, and then I'll yeah, talk a little yeah. bit about Earl Guthrie. So Earl Guthrie, he is a son of the legendary folk artist Woody Guthrie, who uh, he died around sixty-seven, um, like in within a decade of that time. Mm. He died of Huntington's disease. Earl Guthrie is the son of Woody Guthrie. He does not have Huntington's. He is uh, he's best known for the Alice Restaurant Massacre song, like the like one percent. That's oh really? That's his thing. Yeah, he was born in Brooklyn. Uh, like I said, son of Woody, and he follows his father's footsteps and the footsteps and writing folk and then like folk rock. And he was, uh, you know, a contemporary of Bob Dylan. Um, I'm gonna say this right now: Bob Dylan's a better songwriter, <laughs> like like 100 uh-huh. percent to me. Like like oh, Guthrie may have a more palatable voice. That's even questionable, but 100 percent Bob Dylan's a better songwriter than Oh Guthrie. Um, and the only reason I bought this record is because I knew about Earl Guthrie was friends with Bob Dylan, right? Right. Um, <laughs> and so uh, this was, a, this is, I was at this time I was reading books. Like I've read three books on Dylan and Earl was mentioned several times in this book. I read about Bob Dylan and I was like, okay, so I went to half price books and I looked through their uh, section. I came across Earl Guthrie's uh, Alice's restaurant and I picked it up and I, I hadn't listened to it. Not I listened to it like a couple years after I got it, and right. I just followed it away, and I was like, "Well, that's weird." <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then we pulled this topic, <laughs> and so I pulled it out again, and I realized that this this the copy I have is the 1967 version oh, uh, cool. of Alice's Restaurant Massacre. Uh, it's it's in pretty rough shape. The the disc itself, the vinyl itself, perfect, not a scratch on it, but the packaging on it's pretty worn out because it's old as fuck. Oh yeah, Remember, I pulled it out and it has like has uh, ads for other records on I think on reprise and one of those is a uh, meet the uh, the beat the Beatles. <laughs> I'm like, oh well fuck <laughs> like that's how old this is. Um but that, yeah, that is uh, one thing I like about pulling this theme is like we can pull records that maybe we like don't necessarily like super love or wouldn't have shown up otherwise. Oh yeah yeah like, I don't like, when we started this podcast I, I never thought of a point where I pull out Aro Guthrie's Alice's restaurant. And you know, sometimes when we pull a theme, I'm like, well, fuck, am I going to, am I going to bring this one? And, uh, and usually I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. It's weird. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, our Guthrie, he was born in 1947. Uh, he's just retired from music because uh, mm. his health is poor. Um, and he's the oldest son of uh, Woody Guthrie. He has a couple of siblings, um, two of, uh, older half sisters died of hunting disease. Elder half brother died in a train accident, and third sister died in childhood. And his other sister is Nora Guthrie, who's like, who's like a uh, record producer. Mm. Um, and um, he went to uh, Woodward School in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn, and he graduated. And then he briefly attended Rocky Mountain College in Billings, and um, he dropped out to do the folk scene. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, when you hear that, like everyone's like, you want that backup plan. But, you know, all the people that said, I didn't have a backup plan. Well, they're known. Uh, there are plenty of people that didn't have a backup plan. And 
eluded squalor or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, he is kind of a um, legend in like the folk scene. And I, I don't know if that would happen without his dad being like the, you know, that guy who wrote this land is your land. Right. Know? He got, that got his foot in the door. Yeah. And uh, he's done some acting. There's a, there is a movie based on Alice's restaurant song massacre. Oh, really? Yeah. Alice's restaurant massacre. And uh, it was done in 69 and he's had some questionable political views and then he recanted some and then he's, it's weird. He's the old guy. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, like people, they'll be like, you know, it's a different time. You know, like, like when people are Reddit racist now, that's how people like, uh, they'll, they'll talk about like your grandfather who's like, you know, nineties saying some racist shit. And they're like, well, he's from a different time, which is not an excuse to me. No, exactly. What? Yeah. But, um, you know, like, what? yeah, but they've gonna... been here the whole time. They haven't been living in the sixties uh, the whole time. Uh, uh, yeah, the world's that's... been moving on. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know what? I'm going to play the sampler and we'll talk a bit more about it. Mm hmm. Okay. Let's hear it. And then, this is Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant. This song is called Alice's Restaurant. It's about Alice and the restaurant. But Alice's Restaurant is not the name of the restaurant. That's just the name of the song. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You want to know if I'm moral enough to join an army, burn women, kids, houses, and villages after being a litter bug? Still live in all of this emptiness all around me. Yes, take me from the chilling of the sampler for that um so our uh alice's restaurant is a record where the first song is 18 minutes 44 seconds long and the rest of the songs uh the, the other six songs are like under four minutes yeah they're um, like so, pretty normal songs after that yeah yeah and so and when i say 18 minutes it's not like some extended jam 
<laughs> that 18 minutes yeah, it's is, not like a, is a frog song yeah yeah it's not a full frog song it's it's a story it's it's you know so we'll, we'll talk about track by track in a second but um do you have any for your reference for arlo guthrie i mean beyond just knowing the last name guthrie no mm-hmm. it's did, like oh what, it's a yeah it's a folk record do you have any uh do you have any have you listened to woody guthrie no i mean you know you hear the this land is our land and school song. and shit, right? Yeah. yeah like, like, that's, uh, that's really about it. Like usually you, you don't, I haven't heard much of Arlo Guthrie, even though he was friends yeah. with Bob Dylan, but in the context of Bob Dylan, you hear more about Woody Guthrie because he's more important to the Bob Dylan being a traitor to folk music kind of thing. Cause he's the example of what folk music was supposed to be. Yeah. I was trying to, I, I've always meant to read bound for glory, which is Guthrie's book autobiography, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I mean, I got so much shit to read as it is. And not, too many books. Yeah, too many books. And again, I should be reading more because I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm doing podcasts and watching movies, listening to music. But I have like my Switch has been sitting on the, on, the, uh, on the charger for like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. I used to play fucking video games all the time. And now I just feel like I don't have time. You yeah, know? there's a lot of stuff going on. And you know, I, yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to this record. <laughs> so, uh, so. When it comes to Arlo Guthrie, he's like I say, he's the son of Woody, and and he plays guitar like like all great folk singers do. And um, I wouldn't say Arlo Guthrie is necessarily great, but he's I I didn't mm, I did like this record. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I'm not the biggest folk guy. Yeah, yeah, I was actually really wondering how you'd react to this <laughs> to this yeah, record. It's it was fine. Um, I think uh, a lot of like the this folk music, like early folk music stuff from this era, ends up sounding kind of maybe like cheesy, mm-hmm. or, like almost yeah. like kids music because a lot of it's kind yeah, of supposed oh, to be yeah, meant to be we'll sung get, along to. Yeah, we'll but be, it's like we'll I guess later. my frame of reference for a lot of folk music, at least growing up, was like like Raffy. Or something. Yeah. You, yeah you'd yeah. sing in banana phone and stuff like that. So I think <laughs> this stuff ends up sounding like kids' music to me because I grew up on like kids' folk music. Uh-huh, so when yeah. I hear stuff that kind of has this at this attitude, this vibe to it, like my mind instantly goes like this sounds like it's made for kids. Yeah. Even though obviously where's, it's not. Where where's the auto harp in this? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> uh so in I uh I, I'm okay. We'll talk. We'll we'll start with the first song. How about that? Alice's Restaurant Massacre, not Massacre, Massacre. Um, it's a talking blues song, I guess. <laughs> like, if you want to talk about talking, it he does this weird affectation to his voice that I've heard other artists imitate. Like, for example, this is, uh, I guess, contemporary, early '90s, and he's old, oldish now. But Todd Snyder. He will tell stories in the middle of his songs he's singing, mm-hmm. and he talks just like Arlo Guthrie does in the song. I'm like, that's Todd Snyder. That's where Todd Snyder got it. Right. Um, and it's it's a funny song. It's it's a really long winded song. The way to be a protest song, but it is a protest song. Uh, yeah. Eventually, you get to that part of it where everyone kind of like sings together and yeah, does that stuff. It, yeah. I mean, it's just it's kind of like a fun little like interesting story about trying to dodge the draft for the Vietnam war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he says he claims this true story and I, I don't disbelieve that there's actually a, I found a, there's an article at the circle online 
which actually a newspaper clipping about that, mm-hmm. about the, not the song, but them being litter bugs. Right. So, right. Um, and I would never I, like, like when I see someone litter, that bugs the fucking hell out, like bugs the shit out of me. Like, like, like throwing garbage just out your window, just, ugh. and then I see on the side of the road, I'm like, dude, like, like how hard is it? You know? Right. But I don't, I don't think the song is glorifying. Oh, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> No. But yeah, I so, mean the whole the whole story of the song is there's basically like a local like church that's full of garbage that people are living in and they decide to help out on Thanksgiving and clear everything out, but the dump is closed on Thanksgiving, so they basically just go throw it off a cliff. Yeah, where they see other garbage. So instead of being two little piles of garbage, they decide it's one big pile of garbage. It's better. Right. And the cops found out and they found out it was Guthrie and his and his uh cronies. Because he left an envelope at the bottom of the trial pile of garbage that that's, uh, had his name on it. Who knows why? Um, and then that's he goes to court and they pay 50 bucks and all that shit. And then he goes to the draft office to register the draft and he's trying everything to to dodge draft. He goes in super fucked up and hung over and shit. Mm-hmm. And he, they ask him if he's ever committed a crime. He says yes and he explains the crime and he has to sign this paper at the end of it. It says, have you rehabilitated yourself, right? And he goes up to ask the officer, so are you wondering, you're wondering if I'm moral enough to burn women and children and kill and, and kill and kill. Yeah. Basically just do the horrible shit that happened. Yeah. War. Be- because he, are you moral enough to do that? Even though I, you know, I littered, <laughs> you know, like right. that's what it is. So, uh, that's, that's the whole song song itself is pretty funny. I, I laughed several times listening to it. I, 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 or I cracked a smile. I don't think I actually audibly laughed like the studio audience did. Right. Because <laughs> I wasn't song was, sure for a little bit if it was like actually live or if they were like sarcastically was, pumping in like canned laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is a this was yeah, actually it was definitely live. Yeah, it was filmed in front of the studio audience. Um, and that because what happened is they had recordings going around and then you know show business found out about it. You know, so at that time uh, protesting the Vietnam War is which he did. And he um, doesn't play the, when he was performing, he doesn't play it live anymore. You know, it's, it's antiquated. It's, it was a, a uh, reflection of the time, mm-hmm. you know, but still uh, some radio stations will play the whole fucking uncut for 18 minutes, 44 seconds of this song um, on Thanksgiving. Cause it takes place on Thanksgiving. Um, the, the, the um, dumping of the garbage. Yeah, which was crazy because I was reading stuff about it and how it's, mm-hmm. this is a super famous song. It's like a Thanksgiving song. It's like I have never heard of this song. Yeah, I've, I, yeah, I only know about this because I bought that record with Ola Guthrie shirtless in front of like a silver leaf. <laughs> yeah, something like, it looks table. like yeah, he's at like a table or something. For a while, I thought it was just his chest was painted. I'm like, give me the meaning behind this. You know? <laughs> but but no, it's just uh, he's at a table with a with a funny hat on. Yeah, that's what you that's what you wore in the scene funny <laughs> shit um but the song itself it's just a it's just a little like four chord like four and like there's you know rush drums and all that stuff it's it's nothing remarkable music it's a cool song though i like the song uh i don't think i could listen to that i don't think i'm gonna listen to alice dress or massacre like like over and over like 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 a regular record because yeah. i know this i know the song well, you can listen to side two over and over again. Yeah, side two. Because the whole first side is Alice's Restaurant Massacre. Yeah, which uh, you can you can tell he's like, I don't know, he kind of oozes charm and charisma 
Uh, yeah. Like you're you're along for the ride, and he's doing a good job telling like a funny little story. Um, and it's not as as kitty as you think with this song. With this song in particular, we'll talk about other songs in a second. But this song itself it doesn't seem quite. It, 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 you can tell that a kid's not going to go home singing <laughs> this song. Well, he might uh, see Alice's restaurant part, but it's like, yeah, it it kind of has this like lighter tone to it. And then he's talking about like horrible criminals and the horrors of war. And you're just like, <laughs> where the fuck is this coming from? He drops yeah. the F slur in it, too. And it's oh, just yeah. Like, oh, Jesus dude. Christ. Dude. Yeah. 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 I uh, that that's he changed it, by the way. Like he changes something else. Right. Uh not not the 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 sort for homosexual people and i'm like man uh different time again pretty fucking awful mm-hmm. but at least he corrected himself like at least a decade later when he only pulled this song out on special occasions um but yeah that 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 threw me for a loop i was like fuck <laughs> like, yeah yeah so huh, anyway uh the, the alice's restaurant the song 18 minutes long 44 seconds it's worth listening to if you've never heard it before um yeah it's kind of an interesting interesting song yeah i think this i mean i think this is a pretty interesting album to listen to if you just want to listen to some folk music yeah it's a it's a it's a folk music 100 fucking all the way Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's got i we've listened to a lot of like folk music in the past on our Mm -hmm. show and a lot of it does tend to have kind of more of like a like a downer maybe like a dour mood to it and it's like this is kind of like Happy and jaunty yeah, the whole way through. Jaunty, yeah. Chilling of the evening. Chilling of the evening is a folk song through and through, and I, mm-hmm. I was able to basically get the gist of every song <laughs> on the on the sampler. Uh, yeah, all there's the, not, there's the, not a lot of changes. That's why the songs, besides the first one, are so short. Yeah, is like yeah, uh, it's mostly about are, just yeah. like the singing and the the playing. Although yeah, I would, yeah. he's not much of a singer, but he's not yeah. terrible. Yeah, he's a little better than Bob Dylan when it comes to voice. Not much, yeah, better, but yeah, a little better. But uh, again, like I don't think Al Arlo Guthrie's a, as good a songwriter as Bob Dylan is. Yeah, not, he's not about as good a singer as Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what come up. <laughs> yeah, what should come up. So, Chilling in the Evening, uh, it's a cute little song. What I write about it? I got some stuff to say about it. Um, uh, oh, oh yeah, it, it does so, have a little bit more musical variation than the opening track. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, but the sixties are big on rainbows. I did. <laughs> I, mean, I actually yeah. wrote down in quotes "rainbow waves," and then I was like, "Hey, rainbows show up on the Jimmy album as well." Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about like it's like at least in one song you got to mention them somehow. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's because that's a f- also so f- I think a full hippie thing about rainbows and stuff. Mm. Uh, before now, it means something different, better. But uh, yeah, this like this this is when we get to the sort of soft fulcring thing and uh, being a huge Bob Dylan fan that I am I just hear Dylan all over this thing all over it like and I, I don't know if you heard it uh, some of it too um, I think this we talked about Bond of Bond which is quite different from the songs that's on this record still the only Dylan album I've listened to yeah <sighs> he might come up again he might I, don't I imagine know. so you like him yeah I love him <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this, I, by the way no, go when ahead. I Bob, when I was listening to Bob Dylan, I, I the first record I got from him was that nineteen. I I spoke on the podcast Jeff Dale was nineteen sixty four a live record that he did it um in New York, uh I forget the venue, uh, Philharmonic or something, uh but uh he recorded I listened to that and I thought this was the purest music you could make at the time, mm-hmm. like I was 
I'm gravitated to punk because it's easy to play. Anyone can do it. Only needs attitude, right? I'm right. gravitated to 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 folk music because it is so pure. All you need is yourself and the guitar, and that's even easier than playing with a band. And so, when coming down to the pure still installation music, that's why I got into Bob Dylan, that live record where it's just him and his guitar. And then I fell in love, and everyone's calling me a dork for like Bob Dylan, but. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, I didn't know this till after I listened to Bob Dylan well, for quite a while. Is that that's a hipster thing to do? So look at me, I'm a hipster. It's to like Bob Dylan or to like yeah. some obscure Bob Dylan album. Uh, to like Bob Dylan in general, because mm. whatever. I mean, I, I love Dylan, but anyway, uh, I hear Dylan all over um, Alice's Restaurant, the, the album, mm. and the songs are fine. But Chilling Evenings, fine song. It's a little soft rock folk song, and. It's about being with your girl and hugging her and just her yeah, kind of you. kind of wanting to be reminded that there's still good in the world kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Be re- the chilling the evening is what you're trying to get away from it. Mm-hmm. And then we move around to the song that sounds like it's for children. Yeah. <laughs> ring around a rosy rag. Yeah. It, now what's about is about these hippies. They were getting fucked up in the park. And and uh, what happened is they started playing Ring Around the Rosie, and the cops came and broke it up. And uh, true story, they uh, I said eighty people from playing Ring Around the Rosie. Yeah, that's, that's that. The, now this is what they say is a true story. I, I you know what the fuck ever, who knows? Yeah, but, well, it uh, comes off like like you know, oh, we went and did drugs in the park, and then the cops, you know, and then we got in trouble. But it's yeah, like what, maybe more about just like. Cops hassling people for peacefully gathering. Yeah. It sounds like a children's song, you know, touch your nose and blow your toes or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then like, like kazoo and other instruments show up and it's yeah, got like a, a little a, like rag. Time whistle, feel like, to it. Yeah. It's a, fu- it's a jaunty song. It sounds like a kid song. I, you know, when I was in elementary school, uh, the music teacher played out a harp and she played a bunch of folk songs that looking back on it, they're folk songs. Uh, and they used actual vinyl records then. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that old. I'm 35, and so they CDs and shit were prevalent, but they were still using these old records, right? And of course, people would go up and try, you know, DJ on and right, get in, get in trouble. <laughs> but uh, but I feel like this was a song I've heard a million times in music class, you know. Oh really? Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's true. I just remember it. it just sounds. It sounds like, like a kid song. Kid yeah, song, yeah. <laughs> not kids bop, but like. What kids songs were before kids bop was a thing. Right. And have you ever heard a kids bop record? Not like, I mean, I've seen the infomercials, but I, I haven't like imagine. sat down and listened to a kids bop record. I, I can't imagine how fucking irritating that is to your kids singing this shit. <laughs> like, like, okay. I sound like a curmudgeon and I hate children. I don't hate children at all. Um, I don't love children either, but that's a different story. But like, like, kids bop, if, if my kid was like, uh, can we get this kids bop? CD or let's listen to Radio Disney. I I would have to put my foot down, <laughs> like, like, right? Because you know, the, I think there's a flagpole city version of of Kids Bop, like by the Hard Danger song, like Kids Bop flagpole city. And I, <laughs> I don't know, I haven't listened to it, but I think band members have saying, well, it's not a song; it's owned by Siren. I guess they can do whatever they want with that song, which is fucked up. But maybe it's think, better though. Yeah, I mean, I'm listening. Maybe it's killer. Maybe it's like the best version yeah. of like, we'll <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, 
Remember on the Rosie Rack, uh, cops had some hippies for playing the game. And right. Then, and they're mad about it. They're mad about it, yeah. Now and then. Two minutes, 15 seconds. I, you probably saw me sing along while I was... Um, uh, it's This one to me, when I first heard it, sounded kind of like a rock song. And I was yeah. curious... Uh, if like folk fans were mad at Arlo for kind of going a little off the folk track, or if this was far enough beyond Bob Dylan making the switch that people were just like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? Bob yeah. Dylan Bob Dylan it. made the switch in 65, I think. Okay. And, and people, a lot of people, a lot of the folky folkies or whatever the name is. I don't know. What was any hippies or whatever? I don't fucking know what the folks. I think was folkies called. is fine. Okay. Folkies, the folkies, they, a lot of them fell off, but a lot of people were like, this is cool. I like, you know, they took this old tradition and updated it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm th- I think it's two years past that. And so they can have a little bit of what they'd call corny instrumentation of the song with, you know, a uh, cool sounding electric star slash piano sound. It, and now- it has, yeah, the song has like a weird, like electric piano or just like a really old synth, but now it sounds like a cheap Casio. Yeah, yeah. Synth I, that I- shows up. This is probably my favorite song on the record after Alice's Restaurant Massacre, 100%. Mm. This one's pretty good, yeah. I mean, it's just about uh, how sometimes he's just kind of like feeling good. It's a good day. Yeah, it also it sort of seems like like he it also seems like he's asking the other person in the song that he needs space. Because mm. every now and then I'm in India, and sometimes I'm just sometimes I feel lonely. Right. <laughs> But sometimes I do get lonely now and then, and I need you then, which is kind of shitty. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I, but again, I'm reading way, I think, way too much into these songs myself. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of the fun part about folk music is they're a little bit more poetic with their lyrics. So you can you can read into it a little bit more. Sure. I'm going home. Next song. I'm already home. Yeah, I'm home, too. <laughs> uh, this <laughs> one was actually my favorite one. Oh yeah, he, yeah. I think I think with folk music, it and it's hard for me to like pay attention to the singing and the lyrics and stuff like that because I usually gravitate to the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you got to focus on lyrics and stuff, I liked it on this one. It's got a lot of like nature imagery, but kind of how yeah. everything is like on its own journey back to where it belongs. Yeah, like, um, or where it needs to go. Yeah, it's like circle of life. So it gets like it does the nature imagery, like oh, rivers, they're going to their end, to their home trees or, you know, losing their leaves, doing this thing. And then it switches to talking about people and dying and all that stuff. And it's, yeah, it was cool. I like, yeah, that. it's, it's, um, it's a typical, like th- this song, I was like, okay, typical six, late sixties folk rock type song. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a, oh, yeah, I actually wrote down nature imagery because you're going to talk about folk music. The most cheesy kind of imagery you can use is nature imagery, but, it didn't feel cheesy in this to me. Right. I mean, they really get cheese. This is album for a lot of people. This is be like fucking Swiss cheddar, fucking cheesy. <laughs> spot. Yeah. Um, and that's why I thought whenever I've shown it to people, which is very seldom. I've done this. We always listen to it. Right. And she's like, what is this? I'm like, it's all we got through. She's like, mm. yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's got from music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they, you know, I'm going home. It's about the circle of life and people dying and, think uh, the one the best line from his love will live to grow which again is pretty whatever it means to you that's what i mean mm-hmm. i think why why i ended up gravitating towards this one and why i liked it is it 
felt like an actual like serious song kind of buried in this album where mm-hmm. he's a lot of the time he's kind of being like jokey and all this stuff. And I felt like he was actually, which we'll talk about on the next song as well. But like <laughs> it, it just felt like, Hey, I'm doing like, I'm doing a serious song now. And it's like, Oh, he's actually pretty good at serious music. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. He's not doing his weird affectation of the voice. Like this here song's about, but yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we get to the motorcycle song or motorcycle. As he calls it. Right. But yeah, this and, one, this one's kind of a jokey track. It has you know, like a little nugget of seriousness in there, but for the most part, he's just making jokes. Yeah. And, uh, did you, I mean, of course I thought about the queen song bicycle when I was mm-hmm. about this song. Uh, but yeah, that came out, I think a couple years after the motorcycle song, it's got, it's got, um, it's, it's, it has a whole lot. Of, it feels like a blues track, not the song necessarily, not the music itself, but, when it comes to saying my friend Mike did this thing, like right. the, the the cup would sound like a, a blues sort of thing because there there's really not much to say <laughs> like, about yeah, the song. It, it's kind of a lot of just like they want to escape their problems and just ride around on their motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says cycle once at the very beginning, but he also draws that out. But yeah, yeah. I I do like the bit where you know it's going. I don't. He's like, I don't want to be in a pickle. I just want to ride my motorcycle. But then on the last one, he's like, I don't want to die. I just want to ride my motorcycle. Yeah. And then, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, like the motorcycles are cool. I guess. Yeah. Like, uh, the song. I, I, oh God, the song. So you, it does have like a little blues vibe in the music. Yeah, and like, sound, this is the most Bob Dylan song sounding song when it comes to the music, mm-hmm. not the lyrics or or um the you know the actual motorcycle sound bite they have in there. But they have a they have a second guitar in here uh-huh. uh, that I think it's like uh it sounds like an electric guitar, yeah. but it's it sounds like it sounds like it's farting. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do. I think they're <laughs> trying to do this like kind of like, <laughs> yeah like cruising. <laughs> music thing but it, it like i was listening to it like that is such an annoying sound and it sounds like the guitar's farting i think nowadays they can make guitars sound good i don't, I don't know if, i mean maybe that was a cool sound and we're gonna talk about song. an album release the same year that has a good guitar sound on it uh, we, we will, we will. <laughs> so motorcycle song uh kind of a joke song uh and then we get to highway in the wind mm-hmm. which it sounds like it's being with a girl, love me, you know, like while I'm here, but it's a rambling song. Yeah. (laughs) It's like rambling, wandering. I, I guess I picked up on stuff about it. It seems like he's like about to kind of like embark on life's journey. He's about to like, go just do something like some very free form thing. And he, you know, he's like, I'm about to go. So like, fuck me now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going to end up, what I'm going to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's 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 talking about basically this girl is like, love me while I'm here, babe, because I'm about to leave. I gotta ramble. I'm a ramble yeah, man. He's a ramble man. Sixties <laughs> and up to the seventies and some of these, oh, lots of songs about rambling. Yeah. <laughs> lots of songs about leaving the girl. And um the with the girl who and it, it's weird. I, it seems like he has her on standby when he's not around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like he's like, I'm leaving, so let's do this. And that's me being crass and crude about it. It's a good song. I like Highway in the Wind. It was pretty uh, good. It uh, it did this thing at the end of every verse that really annoyed me where it felt like it was like ramping up because it goes in this like little like acoustic and, guitar thing where you're starting to play a little faster. Yeah. And then just slows back down again. I was like, no, jam it out. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just us, though. Like we we like jamming. 
Right. And I don't think we, when it comes to opposite sides of, I guess, the sixties rock spectrum, we, I think we were like, like far away, you know, like we're on either side of it. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, I, I, there's gotta be someone out there that, I mean, besides this podcast <laughs> that's talked that to listen to our Will Guthrie and Jimi Hendrix. Um, at the same time. Like, yeah. Like in the probably same. people in 1967. Yeah. Right. I would have maybe I would have been one of those people. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, I don't, I, I knew we'd get through this, this record kind of fast. Cause there's only seven songs. Um, but I thought I'll go through um Alice's restaurant album. Yeah. That was, <laughs> it was pretty good. Like I enjoyed listening to it when I saw that the opening track was like 18 minutes long and just like a wall of text. I was like, fuck. Yeah. And then I listened to the whole album in one sitting. Um, yeah, I was like, Oh no, never mind. That was, that was actually pretty good. The, the, uh, album sleeve does not have the lyrics of it. I um, mean, they're, they're not really buried in the mix. You can just, no, listen. you can just hear him yeah. listen to, to Arlo do that funny voice. He does. It's a funny <laughs> voice. It's a funny voice. I think. Yeah, I think uh, this is voice. You gotta have a funny voice if you're a folk singer. Yeah, that's true. I'm. I don't really have a funny voice, but and I play folk music. But again, I'm not <laughs> a folk singer. I don't go anywhere and perform these songs. Right. My, I sing to my wife and my cats <laughs> <laughs> and my dog, I guess. But they don't really pay attention that much either. Right. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, I like this record. I don't know how often I'll pull it out, but it is a interesting record and what. I'm glad I'm more familiar with it. It I went to mention this. Remember when we talked to Jeff Lewis about Virgin Insanity? Right. This is, reminds me a lot of that. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I got a lot of Virgin Insanity. Except the Virgin Insanity is much more untutored. The sound quality is terrible. And the singing is just off key enough to notice it. Right. <laughs> this this seems pretty uh, on key. Right. But I, I think I like that Virgin Insanity record a bit more. Honestly, I think I can agree with that. I, it was something when, when Jeff showed us that, like he went super obscure for something that no one can find, which is which is cool. And we now are one of those privileged few that have heard it, right? Which, Although it is getting a vinyl release, so there'll probably be more of us. Oh yeah, and then we'll. That's right. Like, I don't need to be in a secret club. Yeah, that's right. I, I felt sort of the same way. Like like music's meant to be shared, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna gatekeep it. <laughs> yeah, it's not what, my place. You know, what, what what you don't know, Virgin and Sandy? You don't fucking <laughs> know who they are? Hmm. Like I, I remember I shared that Hard Times article on Facebook. It says I know more about this band than you, so don't you act like you're gonna have fun time tonight. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that happen when dudes when mostly dudes who do this, they'll go see a girl wearing like some band shirt and they'll be like, Oh yeah, you like that band? What's the favorite record by? Oh yeah, constantly. People just yeah, love to gatekeep music, and it's and like, like, why would you, you like, want to just have that open up as like a that can open up a conversation? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I I like a few. There's like, oh yeah, what song is that? Is that the song that's on the radio? Huh? And you'd be like, fuck, dude, chill out. And you're people so it. mad that a band they like is successful, and then they'll uh, later in the day be like, oh my god, this band's so underrated. Nobody listens to them. They're not. Yeah. They don't tour my city because my city's too small because nobody listens to them. Then they get mad when people listen to them. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, like, I, I, mm, I, I had a f- talking about girlfriends again, high school. <laughs> I, so, uh, AFI, you remember AFI? They were yeah. a pretty well-respected punk band. So, AFI released this record called "Sing the Sorrow," and then every, like, I say everyone, they got mainstream success. And my girlfriend was not upset about it. 
they were still her band, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when, they, when something is popular, what was once where theirs is now everybody's. And so you have all these shitheads that you didn't like not liking your music you thought was just for you. Or they just, you know, whatever. To me, the record, I, I'm not a big fan of Hi-Fi. I like The Art of Drowning. I like Black Sales and Sunset. I was okay with Sinstar. I didn't buy it because I, I had a girlfriend who just talked all that. But, um, so uh, when that came out, we were at Wood Tour and AFI were there, and that song "Girls Not Gray," their first big song. Right. Uh, these girls that were outside the the crowd went running into the crowd for this song, and then they ran out when the song was over, which is. And my girlfriend was upset about, it. and she started like talking shit on these girls, like they just went in for that song, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Where was I going with this? I have no idea. I shouldn't drink that coffee. That's what happened. <laughs> anyway, I only got three thousand restaurants. It's fun. Yep. It's good. And oh yeah, some of Virgin Sandy. It reminds me of Virgin Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck's wrong with me? So yeah, uh, what record did you bring, pal? I brought "Are You Experienced" by the Jimi Hendrix Experience, also released in uh, nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of one of the great psychedelic hard rock albums of all time. Um, it is regarded as one of just the best debuts of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got three members on the album. It's got Jimi Hendrix, Noel Redding, and Mitch Mitchell. Isn't that insane that it's, that it's three people? Right. Yeah. But it was, but it was all written by Jimi Hendrix. It's like, he basically one. got, he basically, he yeah, except Hey Joe. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how he got his thing is like uh agent or a producer was like, Hey, I have this. Hey Joe song. I just need to find the right person to sing it. And then <laughs> Jimmy was playing it live and he saw that live and he's like, that's my dude. That's my dude. Um, but yeah, uh, for the rest of the album, basically it was written with no input from the drummer, the bass player, and they were just taught their parts in the studio. Yeah. The experience, the, the, the yeah. experience. Yeah. So this this is all just like Jimi Hendrix. He's mm-hmm. doing his thing. Came up with all the stuff, um, and you can hear this a little bit on the album. But he wanted to play really fucking loud. He didn't <laughs> want to turn his amp down. He it was so loud it was like rattling the building. They were installing computers upstairs, but they were like old yeah. computers. Yeah, uh, I think it was in like a bank, and they were recording underneath a bank. And uh, he was playing so loud that it like messed with the computers. <laughs> um, but when he was told to turn it down, he uh, basically like bluffed and was like, if I can't play loud, I'm going to leave. And so the guy was like, OK, leave. And he's like. No, I'll turn it. Yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess they're. I find it hard to believe this only listening to this podcast without knowing who Jimi Hendrix is. But um, Jimi Hendrix is regarded as one of the best. At least electric guitar players of all time. Uh-huh. Yeah, he is a very yeah. now not so much, but like at the time, just a super unique guitar playing style. Yeah, and he was in he. If you guys want to really get your minds blown or whatever, go listen to the what, what he did Woodstock with the national anthem, which is I listen to that every now and then. Did yeah, you listen? Pretty cool. Yeah, I've heard yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So, Jim Hendrix experience debut. You got anything else to say before we play the... the uh, oh, yeah. So just <laughs> to be on theme, got it on sale. Uh, I One day we went grocery shopping at Aldi. <laughs> and they have a stuff section. And I saw this these things sticking up on the side. And I was like, mm-hmm. 
they have like rock and roll calendars. That's so stupid. And I picked <laughs> one up to like look at this dumb because actually the one I picked up was a uh, Elvis Presley Christmas one. I was like, how do you have a whole calendar of Elvis Presley Christmas? <laughs> Turns out they were vinyl records. Oh. Um, and they had Jimmy this album. Are you experienced? And it was like five bucks for a brand oh, wow. new. I don't know if it's like an audiophile one, but it's like a nice pressing of it. it yeah. Like on 180 gram. Like it's really nice. in one of those yeah. like static free sleeves and all that, that sounds stuff like like it would be more than five dollars to me like if it's a i mean this is a monumental record and if you got 180 gram and uh that that's pretty cool man like, like that's awesome it, it worked out and it's like i probably never would have bought this album on my own oh yeah um just but it's five bucks like we yeah it's like might as well <laughs> i didn't buy the elvis one because i didn't even five dollars care for that one um yeah but yeah, so it's like now every time I go to Aldi, I always hope I'm going to find records again. I don't think I will. I think that was a one off thing. Um, would you buy Would you buy a Doors record? Yeah, maybe. Doors yeah. are pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely some like older like classic rock things I would buy, but they're not like my top picks for grabbing anything. So it's like if I can find them for cheap and in a nice, nice pressing. Yeah, I'll probably buy it. I feel like this also record could be called Dad Rock, <laughs> like like this episode. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Because, but um, yeah. You, I found my half price books. You found your Aldi, and they're both cheap. So there's the thing. Boom. I didn't get I didn't get too cute with it. Um, I think we we have some guests coming up that I think got really cute with their theme we chose for them. But we'll get to that, you know, <laughs> several months down the road. <laughs> but um, right. But yeah, uh, do you want to play the, the clip and we'll talk more about Jimi Hendrix and the Yeah, experience? let's play the sampler. This is Are You Experienced by the Jimi Hendrix Experience.
experienced? Have you ever been experienced? So, uh, Jimmy Hendrix experienced purple, not purple ice. The Jimmy Hendrix experience, are you experienced? Um, so I, I will talk about Jimmy Hendrix. What my favorite references for Jimmy Hendrix? Um, I've heard him plenty of times. Right. I grew up. I grew up in the U.S. and I watch TV. I've heard this song. I've heard these songs everywhere. Well, at least the first couple and the last couple. Um, I listened to punk growing up, so all this virtuosic playing, uh, like I could never hope to be that good at guitar ever, ever. Right. Um, or even like close to this. And some people like they're like it is a great guitar record, and I I appreciate this record quite a bit. I haven't listened to it before, so. Um, but again, a virtuosic guitar playing. It's it's insane. Like I, I'm not gonna sit down with Tab or or anything to try to learn it, but <laughs> yeah, I I at least for the longest time didn't think I was much of like a classic yeah. rock, especially not a Jimi yeah. Hendrix fan. But it's like my my taste is kind of starting to lean that way as far as like exploring it- like older psychedelic stuff, getting more into like garage rock and stuff like that. Is it because you're turning old, getting older? I'm I'm wondering if this is a symptom of us turning thirty. No, because I don't think it's me only listening to this kind of music. Yeah, I, I still yeah, listen yeah. to you know a lot of crazy shit. Um, uh-huh. I think this is more me being accepting of like less weird shit. I guess where it's just like I can enjoy something older that you know maybe back in the day I thought was lame. Yeah, I really liked this record. Oh my god, experience for the most part. Um, I have people tell me it goes to Electric Leyland. A double record that you did, which I'll probably check out at some point. I think I listened to a little bit of it. It's pretty good. It, as far as I, I, I got like halfway through before I had to do something else. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little less heavy. Yeah, as far as I remember, but it ha- I mean, it has some good stuff. It has some a really long like jammy track. And you, you're into those long jammy tracks, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this has a few of them uh, that has that at least same with jamming. Uh, we will talk about Jimmy Hendrix died uh, famously. He aspirated on his own vomit after taking a bunch of barbiturates. Yeah, um, part of the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah, lots of lots of people in the Twenty Seven Club. Um, I, there's a list on Wikipedia of all the people that died in Twenty Seven or uh, mm-hmm. the age of Twenty Seven. And they have people like from the 1860s and stuff. Um, a lot of people think Jimmy Hendrix may have committed suicide on purpose because he took way too many sleeping pills, way mm-hmm. too many. But who knows? Yeah, like. Because he talks about depression, people want to look into it. Like he was taken so young, what happened or whatever. But I'm not gonna say everyone people die every day. They do. It's just yeah, he this he left behind a monumental legacy. Um, yeah, for such a short amount of time, he was here. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, here, I was talking to my dad yesterday, and he's like, they keep releasing Jimi Hendrix albums, with, like the same songs on it. I'm like, yeah, he released like four albums he's yeah, bound they, to repeat a couple of songs here and there yeah and you know a lot of people probably like people who love Jimi Hicks probably uh, they want to hear every single alternate take he's done of every single song he's ever recorded oh yeah and, I'm sh- and I imagine like I'm like that with a few bands but I don't I don't want to go out and buy any records just find that shit on YouTube right <laughs> like oh there's an alternate take of shot in the arm by wilco let me go out and buy that <laughs> um anyway. let's get into it track by track <laughs> purple Open haze track. yeah purple haze which has you know the super famous opening little line yep. thing uh guitar line 
it's people, apparently about a dream, uh, although it's psychedelic rock, so people can assume it's about drugs. It's got very oh, like do, trippy yeah. lyrics. Excuse me, I kiss this guy, purple haze, in all in my brain, acting funny, but I don't know why. Like, like um, there's there's a song. This is a song. Uh, I mean, the lyrics aren't the focal point of this record. This is mostly about the music. This record. Yeah. This is a guitar record. Um, this, this, as far as lyrics goes, this song has like one of the most misheard lyrics of all time, which is "Excuse me, excuse me, while I kiss the sky." But mm-hmm. it sounds like "Excuse me, while I kiss this guy." Mm. I'm pretty like I, I, I don't want to hear anymore. I'm taking it off the, yeah. the turntable. <laughs> uh, this song, especially like this album, predates metal, but this has mm-hmm. some elements in it that are oh, this decidedly is and distinctly like very metal like things that have been kind of like co-opted into the genre comes oh, from yeah. heavy rock this is heavy like like i mean a heavy for especially for 1967 like oh, you yeah. can you can argue doom's heavier and i won't disagree but this is a heavy record mm-hmm. uh, with really interesting guitar playing really interesting uh i don't know if it's antiquated now but like first from the first song you can hear jim hendrix is a master at his instrument a god I oh guess yeah you could say. He he definitely oh. deserves his place in the, uh, gu- yeah, the guitar pantheon. Um, yeah, yeah, they they do like a lot of like psychedelic studio effects. They like you know put funny noises in there. They like move his voice around the uh, you know the sonic spectrum. Mm-hmm. They like do a little bit that has like a sped up guitar line. Yeah, he does. He just pulls out his bag of tricks and. Yeah, I read the Wikipedia article on the recording this record. It's mm-hmm. so long and it's cool. It's cool to watch. Yeah, it has some cool yeah. has some cool stuff. It was a little I read most of it. It was kind of mm-hmm. just like eh, I don't want to read anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was uh, it's a little was, long. Yeah, I was doing like I I, I was doing work. Mm-hmm. And every few files, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna read this paragraph. Right. And went through it that way because I was rewarding myself because this is kind of a slow week um, when it came to well. I don't know. So we uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Manic depression, which isn't actually about manic depression. It's more like, at least from like an interview that I uh, yeah. was reading, it's like more kind of about just like like feeling sad stuff like that. But he's like using it as, as like a word he knows that uh, people would I, understand. I heard different. Did you? I heard this? I heard some. This song is about one to. Wanted to ha- to make love to music as opposed to a regular old lady. <laughs> it could, hey, That's it could why. Yeah, yeah, like so. Like I, mean, I wrote down trying to fuck music. Right? <laughs> I'm on the on the thing. Uh, wants to make music. As I wrote down. Yeah, you make but, uh, love, you break love. It's all. This the is my this is my least favorite song on the record. It's a lot of people. Yeah, love I don't this know. Song. I this this album I think is really consistent. So mm-hmm. it's like, as I was listening to it, I don't think there were really any songs that I was like, yeah, you know what? This one isn't really my favorite. It's all just kind of like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then it has like high points, but even I, the songs I don't, I don't like very much are very, they're all kind of on the same playing field. People love this song and I don't disagree with it. It's not a bad song. It's just, it's definitely like the one that I listened to the most. And I was like, mm. Mm. but it is cool to me. He does drop Fender, name drop Fender in yep. the first verse. It's got um, a super fuzzed out guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. Great rhythm section. A little more jammy near yeah, the end. Jammed. But yeah. yeah, I didn't have much to say about this one. It's just a pretty decent song. Yeah. 
And uh, apparently they're saying that, I don't, I don't know, like, like manic depression, this is where people are like, well, he talks about sad stuff, so he might kill himself. <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I tried to explain to my, my wife yesterday about manic depression. And she's like, what do you mean old lady? I'm like, no, like, like you know, like a common thing you want to have sex with is the opposite sex or the same with per person instead of music. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, it's whatever. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was last I'm night. Just, I'm yeah. just imagining you just like bursting into a room being like, he wants to have sex with music. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we listen to this and she's like, what do we listen to? Cause she's uh, now working from home. Cause the Omicron variants like, going crazy it's everyone mm. <laughs> right but um but uh yeah we listened to this thursday and she's like are you what do you i'm like jimmy Hendrix. she's like oh okay and then she's continued working <laughs> but so i listen to this thing so like speaking six, of continuing working oh yeah to work on to hey joe hey joe the first which, single the first thing and initially my favorite song on this record with a change after but when I first heard him, I'm like, this song kicks ass. Yeah, it's like, cool. Um, his career was pretty much started by this song. I mentioned a little earlier, the uh, mm-hmm. producer was basically just looking for some person to sing this song that he had the rights to, and he had to find the right person. And mm-hmm. he found Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, and Jimi Hendrix did a good job with the song. It's a, it's it's uh, decidedly less fuzzed out. But it's yeah, got, it's a I mean, little, it's, little slower, more ballady, which this album does kind of have this, like, it has three moods where it's like, mm-hmm. Heavy hard rock, psychedelic, and like ballady. Yeah, this is the ballady one. Well, the first ballady one on on here, and I I like this song quite a bit. Um, mm. It's got some great guitar playing, obviously. And what do you think about Jimi Hendrix's voice in general? I think it's fine, and I think it matches the yeah. music. I know a lot of people like point to Jimi Hendrix as like I. It was Bob Dylan, right? Who was like, oh, Jimmy can sing. I can sing. Or was it reversed? I think maybe Jimmy Hendrix was like, I can sing because Bob Dylan can sing. Well, yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, Jimmy Hendrix is a huge fan of Dylan. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear that later on this record. I think I I think I I I, I heard it. But um, so it must be reversed is- then. But I don't think his voice is bad, but I think everyone used to think his voice was bad and it's like it's fine i think it matters like <laughs> i'm not going to listen to it to listen to someone who's a great singer but it's like yeah he has I'm enough not- like musical chops that it's like he knows when to put like little bits of stuff in there he knows when to yell yeah. like he knows what he's doing he's not a bad singer he's just not a good singer yeah if i'm if i want to listen to a good singer i'm gonna listen to nina simone not Jimi hendrix right but if i if i'm a virtuosic musicianship all together because everyone in this band fucking great at their instruments. Oh yeah. Um, but the rhythm section the backs them up so well. Yeah. But the, there is also Jimmy who is just another level of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this song. It's it. I think it's like, a, like they don't know who wrote the original version. There's a tens of that. There's like, like 50 versions of it right. before this one came out. And uh, they found the Hey Joe to be a good Jimmy song. They mentioned early on that, some record label dude heard it and like, I want this guy for this song. Um, but it's a song about this guy. He is with the lady and he sees the lady's been messing around on him. He's a, creeping. Right. And he right. goes to shoot her. He shoots and kills her and he flees South of Mexico. Exactly. That's the song. And then it just kind and of passes back and forth between like 
Joe and Jimmy. It's like a conversation. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's almost kind of like a cold look at it. Like nobody's really like, oh man, maybe you shouldn't have done that or she shouldn't have <laughs> done that or anything like that. It's just kind of like, oh, did you do it? And he's like, uh-huh. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, There's a line his shoot one more time, baby. Yeah, and then he goes into <laughs> yeah. a guitar solo, which is seems very like tone deaf, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a funny little, just like, well, yeah, murder again. You, you, have you ever seen Black Snake Phone? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. So there's a song in there that uh, I love this song, um, that um, Sam Jackson sings. Uh huh. And he talks about killing people in the song. He's like, I shot him seven times in his motherfucking face or whatever. And it's a cool song, uh, but it's also like uh, he, he adds Sam Jackson in it, like motherfucker a lot, right? You know? But uh, it reminded me of that song just basically like killing folk. <laughs> this is about killing his old lady. If I want to talk with Sam Jackson, my old lady, whole ball and chain, whatever. I, but then I wonder, is lover confusion? <laughs> right. <laughs> Segway. Uh, so this is this next song by uh, Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, a little uh, more, a little more on the psychedelic side. Yeah, got like yeah. echoey vocals, fuzzy guitars, little jammy middle bit. Will it burn me if I touch the sun? Yeah, so big, so round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of talking about how like the feelings of love and confusion are, uh, they kind of uh, present very similarly. Yeah, it's like sort of feeling love for the first time. Like, what the fuck is this? Is mm-hmm. this what love feels like? Is that love? And, um, you, that's what he's asking the whole song. And we don't really get an answer. Right. Uh, <laughs> I do love the little bit at the end of every verse where it's like the don do 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 do. Yeah, 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 do. Yeah. You've heard that. You've heard that. Like you're the like you'll if you've never listened to Jimmy Hendrix, you'll recognize a lot of riffs from this record. Yeah. Or if uh, not, they're gonna stick with you forever now. Yeah, because the shit's catchy. I mean, it's good stuff too. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, every time I see an instrumental break or I hear one, I'm like. Let's do this. Yeah, I'll wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, but um, then keeping with the same theme, uh-huh. the next song is also about love. Yeah. And, May this be love. In in this one, he's delving more into more about love, and I think it is. I really do. I feel like this one uh is closer to like a like a classic psychedelic song. Mm-hmm. Um which is is pretty cool. It's got, you know, the lyrics are a little bit more flowery. You got stuff like I can see my rainbow calling me through the misty breeze of Again, my waterfall. Rainbows. Yeah. Again, rainbows. Rainbows are a big thing in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this one just feels, it's like a little slower, kind of ballady. Um, yeah. But it's cool. It's, it's like a nice, nice little break from the hard rock. And then there's a lot of daydreaming. Yeah. Daydreaming, is, he talks daydreaming about, about like, love. Yeah. Daydreaming is for all the, huh? Lazy minded fools. <laughs> but, but, um, it's got some yeah. neat studio tricks throughout the song. It's like echoes. They're like hard panning a bunch of the instruments and vocals, uh, turning but stuff the, down and turning it up. The interesting thing about the hard panning is that this was re- meant to be released in mono, like when they recorded it. Maybe or stereo. Yeah. It might have well, been the, during. It might have been during the time when they were doing both. Well, I mean, I read it was like the, they were going for mono. But, uh, you just believe everything you read on. The- <laughs> You're probably fake right. News, fake news. Um, but yeah, um, I I like this song. It's it's a fine song. It's a it's a bit more jammy. It's got a, a pretty great outro guitar solo thing. Mm-hmm. Like again, guitar record. It's fucking amazing. Exactly. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is a great record. Like you just want to hear some like cool guitar. Yeah, and I mean, people say that if you do drugs and listen to this record, it's even better. I wouldn't know. Yeah. 
I don't but, do uh, but, drugs. Yeah, no <laughs> drugs here. Yeah, no narcotics here. Um, but uh, yeah, me. I don't do love. drugs, nor do I live today. Next track, <laughs> I don't live today. <laughs> Which I'm getting is, real good at these segues. I like this. Mo- I like this song mostly until the fucking turn down almost all the way and come back up. Yeah, that part's really weird. Um, yeah, so they kick back into like rock on this song, and it rocks most of the way through. And then yeah, you get to the end where it like it falls apart. Um, gets kind of weird and dissonant with Jimmy yeah. asking if you're experienced. Um, wait, wait, we're talking about I don't live today. Does he say yeah, he says that. He says, "Are you okay. are you experienced?" This is where he first drops the uh, the album. Okay. Title. Good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, then the music kind of fades in and out and get these noisy dissonant sounds. So. Crass, the band Crass used to do that a lot. Uh-huh. Um, they used to, uh, they, they used to like, and it was stupid, but they'd turn down the song all the way, fade it up, and then fade back in. And I, I, I couldn't stand that. And they, they did it in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's cool. And there's some cool parts that, like, this was my favorite song until that happened on this record. 100%. It's a cool song. It's got a, uh, it's got kind of more of like an abstract structure where it mm-hmm. kind of feels just like they're, they're moving through different phases. Um, mm-hmm. And the chorus kind of seems like emerge from this wall of sound. Like, yeah, I they, like it. it's I, like these like long held feedbacking notes, that like the rhythm sections going crazy. And then it, yeah. Kicks into the chorus. Yeah. It, it's also, it's got like a very like tribal feel to it at points. Mm-hmm. Like the, so it's cool. I mean, you hear the wah pedal, you hear the fuzz pedal, you hear all kinds of cool shit, and a whammy bar, which I have, by the way. I, I do have that whammy bar that came with my nice. Ender Jaguar, and I, I, I can't like figure out how to use it yet. Like, yeah, <laughs> you'll get there. You but, just need to like get your amp feedbacking, and then uh, just start wiggling it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I sent you the picture that uh, it's it's in my amp, and I I I try to play it like a night every night for like at least forty five minutes. Um, but I just get fucking loud, loud as right. fucking. Um, I get there and I use a loop pedal just to do like a, a doom riff, and I just fucking solo over it. And I'm terrible at song. I'm terrible. Like, <laughs> like I mean, that's how you get better. I'm I'm yeah. also awful at soloing. It's never something I sat down and worked on. Yeah, but I love my guitar. It sounds awesome. I don't live today. Yeah, so it's a good song. It, yeah. I felt like I actually felt like I was living when I heard it. So <laughs> dichotomy. <laughs> uh but then next track i don't have a segue for this one we didn't we didn't connect it very well but the wind cries mary which is the most dylan like song on the record yeah it's very like ballady um which is i think works well because it's something a little softer after like the end of the last track was like a psych freak out yeah woo yeah yeah i'm going crazy man yeah this it's song. got it does have some pretty like i would say if i were to point at a line that was like a dylan-esque line it's a broom is drearily sweeping up the pieces of yesterday's life. It's like, that's a I, fucking folk rock. So I got, after all the jacks in their box and the clouds have gone to bed, that's a kind of Jill don't thing. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> somewhere a queen is weeping and somewhere a king has no wife. And the wind that cries Mary reminds me of lyrics from visions of Johanna, which is a song by Buck. Mm-hmm. It's also got, you know, like a wind metaphor, like, uh, yeah. uh, what's, what's his song? Dust in the wind. Yeah, yeah, with blowing in the wind. Yeah, whatever it's called. Candles <laughs> in the what wind. Song's called for- yeah, there's there's just so many wind songs out there. Yeah. Breaking wind. Yeah. <laughs> um 
Freaking I like to Yeah, yeah. The, I like the guitar solo on this one because it has almost like a piano vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this song quite a bit. Uh, I the one thing about I like about this record is even when they're ballads, it's super fucking interesting because you got Jimi Hendrix there. Exactly. Doing shit. They're just there's interesting stuff kind of happening all over this. Yeah, the thing interesting is kind of like underplaying it because like I don't listen to this type of music, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised I haven't. Cause I really like this record. Yeah. I was yeah. surprised. Like, cause I picked it up. I, I hadn't listened to a lot of Jimi Hendrix. You know, you hear like, Oh, here's a little bit of purple haze. Here's a little bit yeah. of boxy lady. Here's all along the watchtower. Like I've and heard it, the, the, the like, greatest hits basically, but I've never like, or at least before I bought this album, just like sat down and listened to one of his albums. And people are like, if they walk in your room and see the guitar, Oh, you like guitar? Do you like Jimi Hendrix? And you're like, no, nah, I like, it. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. it turns out I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It turns out I do like juniors and this song in particular is a pretty good one. In fact, if I were to point to a favorite song of Jimi Hendrix's of mine, I would point to the next song fire fire. Yeah. I I, I I love different favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I love the structure around this one where it's like, it's kind of built around this kind of just like really impressive drumming with like little like mini solos. You get some like it, it, but this is like a very like get up and dance song just gets that my favorite my favorite part about this song and i i i I went when i got done listening to it for like the third time Mm -hmm. i went stairs and i go uh to to my dog and i said move over over like chris take over (laughs) (laughs) wife he wouldn't move but i i i thought that was fucking hilarious yeah i laughed out of that (laughs) but i i really really like this song i was happy every time i was listening to it when it came up yeah, he. This is a song like the, the Jimi Hendrix says. The song's not about like, like wanting to fuck, but that's why I got from it. From like, oh, for yeah, sure, the, or at least stand, get close to it. He wants to stand yeah, next to her fire. He wants to warm up next to her. You know. Yeah. Uh, that what the, what he says this song is written about is that he was at his friend's house and his mom had a fire going. So he's like, it was cold outside. He wanted to get warmed up next to the fire. But this song just sounds. It's about desire. You know, one to. Let me get let me up uh, next to you, baby. Let yeah. me uh, let me take over. Which is who's he talking to? Who's Rover? You know, is it a Who dog? Knows? It could be. But, or it could be some dude. But he wants to take over. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I like I like Fire Quiet. But you've heard uh, this song is like a famous song to you. Everyone's heard it, right? It's oh like, yeah. It's 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 if you're gonna hear sixty songs, it's gonna be at least two Jimi Hendrix songs, and one's gonna be Fire. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I think there, admit- I think there are more. It's going to show up on a Jimi Hendrix Greatest Hits album, but but I mean, I, I, I think, think you like, do this next next to break on through the other side by the doors. I think you would put Purple Haze or something oh, like think- that, or all along the probably honestly all along the Watchtower. I think is his most famous. Yeah, not on this. That's not on this record. So. Yeah, but if we're talking just in general, yeah. he has yeah, yeah. two songs on here that I think are more famous than this one. Oh, you're right. You're right. all on the watch hours. This song that everyone knows. And yeah, it's a Bob Dylan cover. Did you know exactly. That? I did. Yeah, I've taken okay. my fair share of history of rock and roll classes, and that's wait, th- wait. You've had it. You've been to his. Wait, what classes are you talking about? History of rock and roll. Like a history take- class, but it's about rock and roll. Oh, fuck, dude. Once in high school, twice in college. Wait, they had it in your fucking high school? Yeah, I had a cool high school, dude. Why didn't I go there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Because we the most out there class I think we had was fucking Latin. 
<laughs> That's pretty cool. We didn't have Latin. I took I took uh, I took French, and in the first year I learned fair amount. Second year, our teacher fucking had she was like seventy. I'd give it up teaching. We watched like like Mary Kate Ashley, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen go to like Paris a lot and shock <laughs> a lot, and I fucking lost any semblance I had of a of a like what French I'd learned. That's not right. my name. Should have watched and, uh, Caillou. Yeah, yeah, Caillou. And then they found out she wasn't teaching. They fired her. And the, the, I mean, it was fucking weird. She wrote down a class like, "Who told? Who told?" And I was like, "Fuck, this is." This is awful. As long as it was <laughs> you, you're good. I, I didn't say anything. I, <laughs> you don't like fucking off in class, right? Right. I mean, I was, but I should have taken Spanish. That's me. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. It's the third stone from the sun. Yeah, this is this is kind of like the long, jammy space rock track, which yeah, normally would be my favorite. I do really like this track. Um, but yeah, it's got this kind of like slowed down spoken word bit about space and aliens and taking over earth and giving it to the chickens because they're the only ones who can handle it because humans fucked it up yeah we would tell me about that (laughs) (laughs) uh i like in this one that it's like it's almost in like two parts where it's like the first part is like the drums are playing kind of like a closer like rock beat but the guitar is playing something that's like jazz guitar and then the the second mention of a pickle today by the way yeah, it must have been a 60s <laughs> thing. It's so weird. Rainbows and pickles. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, then the back half of the track, it switches to more like a jazzy sound when they're like jamming out. And then the guitar gets way out there. It's like feedback solos and echo and all that shit. And it's really cool. Which is better than um, Moonchild when it comes to stuff that's like like falling apart. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I think Moonchild's forever going to be like our, our shitting on track yeah. of just like, if somebody's going to try to improv, as long as you're better than Moonchild, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks. I like the first, uh, I'll say it every time. I like the first part of Moonchild until it gets whatever that improv bit is. I like that record a lot. I listened to it yesterday when I was cooking. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I skipped Moonchild. <laughs> but, um, but uh, we're yeah, talking we're about, about Foxy Ladies now. Now, uh, if you're a kid of the 90s, you've always thought of that scene from Wayne's World. Where, where mm-hmm. Garth is singing Foxy Lady. Yeah, um, this I think this is one of the most famous Jimmy songs. It's heavy as hell. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty shallow, though. It's about a lady yeah. who is Foxy. Um, yeah. And that's <laughs> really about it, but it rocks pretty hard. Got a really good solo, really good riff. Um, but there's really, about, there's not much to it. I want to talk about the lyrics real quick. Um, yeah, let's hear it. So uh, he talks about how he wants to take home. He's not going to do any harm, right? But then he says, here I come, baby. I'm coming to get you. Yeah. <laughs> and it is like, a little creepy and aggressive. But he has yeah, yeah. said he's like, I he's like, I have never approached a woman this way yeah. at all. He's yeah. he's putting on a show, basically. Yeah. But I wanted to, I, you know, I wanna I wanna take you home. I won't do your harm. No. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm coming to get you. And I was like, <laughs> I, told my wife, yeah. I was telling my wife that when we came upstairs, I was like, here come, baby. Coming to get you. <laughs> you know? Oh, it is a cool song though. But yeah, yeah, yeah I like this song. Yeah, I do. This like one, the song. It, it has like almost no changes to it. It's yeah. like the same it's lyrics. Bluesy. Yeah, it's also it's, bluesy as fuck. You know, it's good. Good, uh, good heavy rock <laughs> song about coming together, baby. Yeah, I've been saying that like like since I've seen that like, like I've heard it in Jane Wayne's world. Like you know, Garth mouthing it to I think Heather Lockwear. I forget who's maybe singing. 
It's been such a long time since I walked yeah. Wayne's World. But yeah, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. All right. And then I've got a serious question to ask you. Yeah. Are you experienced? My favorite song on the record. 100%. It's a, it's such a cool track. It's it's a badass track, and I'm surprised I haven't heard it before because this song is killer. It's 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 got a cool chorus. Like, are you experienced? But um, yeah, I like this song. This is my favorite song on the record. I'm really glad it's the last one. Yeah, they end on like a psychedelic track, which I think is mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, it opens and it shows up kind of throughout the track. Is like it seems like they just took the track and like flipped it. At least the uh, mm-hmm. drums. Really so you backwards. have this like. Yeah, you have this layer of backwards drums kind of like phasing in and out in the background while a normal song plays over, but it adds this kind of cool, spacey, psychedelic feel to it. I really like this song. Yeah, and it's it, awesome. It ends the album on kind of like a more laid back, but like weird note, but I really, really like it. The last five words of it, not necessarily stoned, but beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, there, it looks like they're using the Oxford comma there. But no, anyway, they're, no, they're not. Wait, which one's Oxford comma after the butter before Oxford comma is when you're like listing things of more okay. than two. If you put the comma before the and. OK, well, never mind. It's different. Not that we're doing whatever. Oh, yeah. Not just stone, but beautiful. Uh, I love this song. Um, just and I don't really have much to say about the lyrics. But the song itself is fucking killer. It's a psychedelic. Like you said, it's it's kind of heavy but more psyche and yeah i i love it i love this song this song is so killer it's a cool song yeah. it's, it's just a cool album in general i'm yeah i, I would I'm find like way song. into it now yeah i know i know it's weird how much i'm into this i'm gonna listen to electric Land probably later on today and then i'm gonna sit down with guitar and be like it sounds nothing like this yeah well <laughs> you've got the, you've got the fuzz pedal and a whammy bar you can figure it out i can figure something out. i got the big muff pie and and I don't have those. I don't have that. And his he's a modest pal from Earthquake, um, Earthquaker. If you guys are listening, um, but um, I got both those pedals. And I I only I, what I said now is that that boss digital delay the D one. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the, the loop pedal, which I'm back into using a lot. Yeah, they're fun, and I, especially yeah, if you're two, jamming by yourself. It's got 99 preset like the channels you can use. That's cool. So yeah, it's cool. I like it a lot. And then um, I got the the fuzz pedal, which I just turn it up loud and I get, get into it. And <laughs> I, I don't think my neighbors can hear it. Cause I don't, I'm, you know, I'm separated by 10 feet from the ground. Yeah. Yeah. In ground. So yeah. Uh, but I've been also using that, that fender, um, Mustang sort of in like the headphone amp. Right. That's pretty fucking badass too. I, I really wish I'll bring that too. Hell yeah. It's like, it's the size of like, like a, like a little phone. Uh, anyway, um, nice experience. Yeah, I I did really dig this record. I did too. But we're done talking about these. You know what it's time for? New theme. New theme. All right, I got I got the hat, and I'm making sure that stuff's not caught because stuff gets caught in the folds at the bottom of the hat. So. Yeah, make sure you don't just draw something that you added yesterday. Yeah, because that's that's happened the past <laughs> few times. Just drew whatever the latest theme we thought up was. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Um, and the candy. Candy is the theme. Candy, okay. I got that. Yeah, I think it. I have an idea for this one. I got one too. And hey, man, that's 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 a cool theme. This one's been there forever. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll get to candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. But, uh, that was a good episode forty-five. 
Episode 45, yeah. Got I don't, it on guys, I, yeah, I don't think you guys will necessarily get a special episode. Maybe we'll, we'll only get special somehow. I'll play some music or something. Like some like birthday music or something. Yeah. Because like, a lot of people, they put emphasis on like intervals of 15 to 100. And if we ever get to episode 100, maybe we'll have Bruce Springsteen on or something. Yeah, we'll <laughs> give him a call. <laughs> yeah, my buddy Bruce. Um, I've been calling my boss Bruce by the time. Well, a lot now. Like... <laughs> Like, uh, we had the Microsoft Teams chat, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's from Romania, so the first time I called him Bruce, he didn't get it. He's like, what the fuck but, um, are you talking about? Yeah, but, you know, Bruce Pinson's the boss, man. And so, since my boss, I just call him Bruce. And Bruce. Bruce. I had to explain to him, like, four times what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my co-worker, Bill Larry, just started seeing gifts of Bruce Springsteen doing shit. I, are you a Bruce Springsteen guy? No. I don't think I've ever uh, listened to him. I, I, I feel like I should be, but I'm not. Right. Like I tr- I've tried. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe yeah, someday. Yeah, can Maybe a couple years. What's shit going on, pal? Uh, well, me and my friend do the music for this podcast. So if you like the mm-hmm. intro or the outro, uh, check us out on Bandcamp. We are called Smell. Uh, we're smell.bandcamp.com. Um, and then also, it's the beginning of the year, uh, which means I'm doing my yearly Game of the Year podcast, uh, which should hopefully be coming out. Last year's did not come out. Um, but hey, maybe this year. Uh, so check us out at Cool Bandana Guys on YouTube. Uh, there may be a podcast that shows up at some point. Oh, yeah. You've been talking about like it may show up on Spotify someday. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and what yeah. about you? What do you got going on? I do a weekly movie podcast called Movies Don't Suck and Some That Do. Uh, we do two new movies a week generally. Uh, you know, I meant to mention this. Neil got COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, he noticed it Monday, and he's feeling 1% better today. It's Sunday. Nice. Yeah, so we're doing the podcast. We were going to cancel because he was feeling like like complete dog shit, but he's down in high spirits, so we're going to do it. <laughs> but yeah, we do two new movies a week, and... Uh, it's a uh, it's good times. It comes out Sunday, Monday, or if I'm really fucking busy, Tuesday. So, so it comes out. Yeah, in often. the early week. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it comes out. Yeah, it comes out like either one of those days. But I'm gonna be more consistent about that shit. Um, it's just so hard to if I have a busy week to have that shit that I do between Thursday and Sunday. It's just oh, absolutely, ugh. yeah. But we're recording Sunday today because uh, Neil's feeling better. Anyway, yeah. So. uh Thanks for listening to Reckon Night. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.